0: You are listening to Waffle, the bite-sized podcast with Paul Jenkins. First broadcast on Rossendale Radio on the 9th of August
1: 2020. This week, Paul talks to Yorkshire-based poet Genevieve Walsh about her two spoken word nights, spoken weird and spoken queered, how music infiltrates her poetry, and we get to hear about her new collection. Seven, russian
0: well hello there everybody it is time for our waffle segment uh, and as you know at this particular time of the day what we like to do is we like to talk to people we like to talk to people about words about that wonderful language that we have out there and about the ways that people express it we spoke to a great actor last week we spoke the week before to an educator somebody who deals with language and talking language and wrote books about that particular thing and this week we are back on territory that i'm more familiar with uh, that language of poetry 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 and my guest this week was Genevieve Walsh. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the weekend wind down. It's Paul Jenkins here. It's the waffle segment, and as you know, every week we talk to somebody wordy, somebody who's involved in some sort of word play or word text or some sort of performance. Uh, and this week we've had uh, we've had songwriters, we've had musicians, we've had poets, we've had performers. Uh, I'm not sure we've ever had anybody that's probably as rock and roll and poetry at the same time. Uh, Genevieve Walsh, <laughs> how are you doing? <laughs> i am not bad paul always a pleasure to talk to you uh, and where are you calling us from this afternoon
1: i am in the sunny land of halifax which for those of you who haven't been it's uh, if you've ever seen the show gentleman jack it's that but with tanning salons oh right <laughs>
0: Did that, I I, i've not seen gentleman jack i'm assuming it wasn't uh, something about getting your getting your tan on um it's, uh, so you're, you're over in bordering into yorkshire Yes, indeed, yeah. It was Yorkshire Day the other day. Fantastic
1: uh, that it uh, came almost at the same time as the second wave of lockdown. Yes. <laughs> so, <I think laughs> yeah, that, yeah, but you cracking timing
0: uh, you're you're the same as our series You've uh, you've we've hit lockdown number two, the revenge. um Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, well, it's nice to know we're all in it together, Lancashire and Yorkshire. You know, being bundled together like that, it's it's great, <laughs> isn't it? Together,
1: yet mysteriously apart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, now, I mean, we can talk about. Uh, we've got so much to talk about this afternoon. Uh, I, I want to start, if if I may with uh, your books which i've got in front of me your uh, your uh, debut collection dance of a thousand losers which was released in 2017 um and yeah. I, I before we we start talking about it i mean some of the things that we've got even just written on the, the blurb at the back this is this is i think encapsulates this is the, the the first quote from henry normal about about your book a collection full of passion and subversion keen and urgent with an untamed beauty sounds very lyrical like a puma caught under a street light. Is, is that how you would describe yourself, Jim? Uh
1: it's not how I would have described myself, no, but um but yeah, it's a it's a very Henry thing to say. Um uh yeah, I was I was very I was very flattered by that description. Um yeah, I, I can see what he means about the urgency. Though there is definitely an urgency to my work. But how, yeah, but
0: how, how would you describe your work to start. somebody who's who's not come across your style before? Because we've we've had very lyrical poets on and quite narrative poets talking to us, and some working with children. How would you describe your particular sort of style? How you approach work spoken word?
1: Uh, broadly speaking, I suppose if if I was in a hurry, I'd have to call it punk poetry. Mm. Um, which in a way is i suppose accurate i do i do get booked for a, a fair few punk events and whatnot but i'm a little bit wary about that term because when it comes to not male poets it can just become lazy patri- patriarchal shorthand you know what i mean yeah um so yeah i don't know um uh, yeah i I'd broadly say it's punk poetry but there there are strong hints of of uh the older feminist poets in there and uh uh yeah just basically don't expect much about flowers <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, well i mean there's flowers have got their place from time to time i suppose um I, I, it's interesting you de- you describe it as a punk poet in particular because we're mm. i mean we're going to talk about music obviously during the course of the show but it's something that is kind of weaved in and out of your work isn't it that you take a lot of inspiration from music and make lots of references to music throughout your, your pieces oh yeah
1: absolutely i spent much more time with records than with friends as a young person and and i i, I still do in my 30s uh it's just you know uh if if you're talking about any particular time period it's unavoidable to talk about the music of the time um you'll often get a better idea of what was going on than if you watch old news reports and yeah so obviously yeah um the back of the dance of a thousand losers does kind of read like a discography (laughs) um <clears throat> uh, yeah, no, it was just—it was just unavoidable. Bit of a bit of a strange mix of me. I never in a million years thought I would write. A, a book that has a reference to limp biscuit in
0: the back of it yes <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> was, it's a funny old world <laughs> i think i think it was the first time i ever saw you perform that you you spent a very long amount of time uh, explaining who limp biscuit were uh to the particular <laughs> audience we were in because uh, there, there's certain things that i suppose when we're making those recollections and actually we go back and i did it the other day i i talked about blurring a piece and uh and somebody went who and i was like oh no i can't believe i have got to do this um uh, because it was, was Blur well to be fair it was a secondary. School, so they've. Oh you know, right, they've, okay. You sure know, it was. A, but even then, even then, they they were year 11s so They should have known better, and I gave them a good a chastising as well. Um, oh, does this blur count as old people music now. Blimey. I know that's that's where <laughs> we've got to. Um, <laughs> um, just to give it to give people some idea, do you, do you want to share one of the pieces that you've got there? Give us an um, idea what, of, from the first book. Well, it's up to you. With you, could it be from the first book or, or something new? Um. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll do one from the first book for you. Um. <laughs> So, this one is uh, uh, about a a pub in Manchester. It's one of the few places on earth where I blend seamlessly into the background. (laughs) Um, And uh, I I wrote it at a time when it was looking towards being knocked down. Um, Luckily, it is one of the few places in Manchester that survived. Uh, It's now known as Grand Central, but it used to be known as the Shady Lady. May I grab you by the arm and have this one last dance, Shady Lady? you look real tired but i could drag you through a tango through a foxtrot uniform charlie keeler on a saturday night in a terrible dream you're always dressed for a somber occasion you stink of ennui and persuasion your clothes are ripped you're far from fit but hey we're on our way to the party of the century. The cathartic clack of the tyre track, the dampening of the spirits, the strychnine laced through those cheap, cheap garments made a mockery of you. The stitching fell apart. And on a Saturday night in a terrible dream, in the grips of a come down so extreme, you tripped over your very own heart. They'll tug at your skirts, love. They'll chide. They'll goad. Oh, go on. Just one more for the road. And on a Saturday night, in a terrible dream i'll watch you try and wring that rag for a dozen fetid drops and you outhouse of the rising sun my rippling turgid kingdom come my one-stop shop for the opposite of fun will find none wonderful so that's one from the first book for you there paul <laughs> that, well,
0: that, i was gonna say because that's towards the end of the lost section isn't it of the of the book because you you divided it into lost and found uh, I, I did yeah I, what, what was those two what, how was those two themes sort of coming together
1: um well uh you know partially because i i I, the the word loser was in the uh uh, title of the book yeah but um i don't know the the kind of the idea behind that was just sort of like that there's there's an idea that uh people are either doing well or badly but regardless of your sort of monetary situation, you will you will find people that are either feeling lost or feeling found. <laughs> so that those were the two sort of like states that I tried to touch on in the two sections. But of course, there is a big crossover between between the two. Um, hence why my uh my new book is not separated into two sections <laughs> um, I, suppose, I suppose Grand central everybody's now, just scared now <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, if
0: you, yeah everybody's lost uh with uh, if you i was gonna say maybe if you went back to that now and looked at obviously grand central is a very different place now But you 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 might well find it in a different section a different viewpoint on it i don't know
1: um, Indeed. Well, that, that's a funny thing, actually, because people are just starting to go back to that particular bar and are feeling found again because they're finally able to see their chosen family again. Oh, so, it's the only yeah, that's, can that's see your family. Completely different slant on the whole thing. <laughs>
0: um uh, right we're going i'm going to uh, push you on to one of your music choices now if that's alright because we've, uh, uh now you've uh, i wasn't at all surprised uh, from from speaking to you before <laughs> uh, that the manics took an, an early shot into your music choices um yeah you've, but you've gone for faster so you've gone for very early manic stuff
1: yeah 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 it's the, uh it's the third album it's the uh, uh, it's the one that's sort of regarded to be the closest to poetry um uh, it was uh the last album released before richie Edwards went missing mm-hmm. uh and uh the holy bible album is actually name checked uh, a couple of times in the new book as well so i i thought i would go for the least wary and most accessible <laughs> song off that <laughs> right earache of an album <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah and I do kind of partially have the manics to thank for the fact that I'm a poet as well because I had a, a poster on my wall of theirs when I was 14 that had a Tennessee Williams poem on it and uh, that kind of drove home the fact that maybe I should be looking at poetry a bit closer
0: well and James Dean Bradfield and Nikki Warr are perfect people to, uh, to look to if they're uh, if, if you're looking for some poetry as well uh, right this, oh yeah this is faster introduced I would like to add by John Hurt <laughs> playing more of the songs you like this is 104.7 rossendale radio welcome back to the weekend wind down i'm speaking to genevieve walsh and we've spoken already about her, her debut title the dance of a thousand losers uh but one of the things that she's also uh, been instrumental in is uh, bringing spoken word uh, to the town of halifax uh, and do you want to tell us a little bit about spoken weird and where that came from
1: yeah so um well when i started uh performing at open mics myself uh there was not at the time a, a regular night in halifax there were bits and pieces at some very nice venues the square chapel which sadly is no longer with us held occasional nights that were absolutely wonderful but there was nothing regular um so i've been thinking about starting my own night and then on the day that margaret thatcher died <laughs> and a lot of people think i made this story up but it's, a, it's absolutely it's a good time true. To something i, I walked into my local to have one one pint and walked out of there after six pints, having created my own poetry night right i uh i really had no instruction on the whole thing other than what i'd learnt from uh other people's nights so that was namely um uh bang said the gun manchester uh Magic Words over in Todmorden, which sadly is no longer running. Um, uh, various, various nights in Hebden Bridge. Uh, Matthew Headley Stoppard's Old Night in Leeds. Um, so, you know, uh, basically I, I learnt from doing. And um, the first event was an absolute shambles, but um, we, we sort of gradually grew and grew. But we, we essentially started with a bag of tea lights and an old sheet which I had spray-painted Spoken Weird
0: onto. But that—that that, uh, that, mm-hmm. that sheet is still in existence. Uh, that's and and, it that's, is, and it's
1: nearly full. I'm going to have to stitch a new bit to it. But yeah, like so many people have signed it now, yourself included
0: yeah it's, it's it's i think that's going to go down as a very valuable historical artifact at some point or another because i think yeah, it's
1: probably the most expensive thing i own to be honest with you i should probably get it insured I, or something i would
0: think actually get it insured because there's i mean there are some you i mean just uh, just run a throw off the top of your head just give us five five names of, of people that have been to that to that night that the, you know because it's 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 an absolute star. i mean i i stood there in front you know once you sign it you kind of look at it and go my goodness you've had these people here
1: yeah, yeah. Well, a of the stockbrokers on there. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, uh, Jackie Hagan, kids Oh,
0: it's almost too, too many to remember, isn't it? It's absolutely chock a block full of of probably the the cream of the of, of well, at least northern poetry, anyway.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, oh, uh, we we had uh, Toria Garbutt uh, headline for us uh, a few years before she ended up becoming. Don Cooper Clark Support Act mm. and so yeah, yeah, it's been uh, <laughs> there's been a crazy amount of people that have done it. I think Attila the Stockbroker though, that was the strangest one <laughs> because um he actually messaged me about the event saying that he'd like to do it, partially because he was he was going to Blackpool anyway for a funk <laughs> festival but but mostly because he was dying to try the local beer. <laughs> so it it wasn't it wasn't our um resounding
0: work ethic that drew me in well I, it was you See, that leads me to my question right of of what makes a good spoken word night and possibly is is the allure of beer is is it having it in a pub is that is that one of the things that that helps
1: to certain people yes no there is a, there is a lot to be said though for holding events in places that don't serve beer it, yeah. it depends on the kind of event that you're holding if you're if you're holding a book launch for example sometimes uh, you, you won't want it to be a boozy event, but there are some brilliant nights on that are held in non-alcohol uh, venues. Mm. Um, like, for example, the uh, Flamingo's Coffee House over in Leeds, uh, they are completely alcohol-free, and the poetry events they hold there are spectacular. Um, uh, you know, there, there, there's one over in, in Keithley, uh, there have been a few in, in Manchester. Your event obviously sells the most wonderful cider and beer ever uh, but yeah, shout out probably, for the rams
0: bottom tap they do well <laughs> i
1: could i could happily go to your night completely sober though and leave their drunk just on on <laughs> your particular brand of craziness paul uh, um, yeah that's
0: just um, my general life
1: yeah uh, th- the thing is regardless of of whether it's a, a pub or just a room on its own or a cafe it's really just kind of about the atmosphere that you create and that's partially down to you as a host uh it's partially down to sort of down to your audience and how well they get on with each other um but it's also down to sort of having a a a good deal of variety as well and that was something i really liked about your debut event at waffle actually because you had a good mixture of sort of storytellers children's writers uh punkier poets like myself and uh, uh, uh battle rappers so that keeping it nice and eclectic that is is really really key i think to holding a A poetry note that makes you want to come back
0: well i think i was going to say this is what we've tried to bring forward to to this show because obviously we're speaking to you this week we're talking about poetry last week we were talking to an actor about doing tv and stage work the week before we were talking to a teacher about about writing about education in a textbook form and it's i I think if you do the same thing all the time then then people are going to go well you know what we've heard this before um but actually it's, it's nice to to get people with different life experience otherwise we're just we're just saying the same thing over and over again aren't we
1: Absolutely, yeah um, being being inclusive obviously as well is really important as well. just making sure that everybody everybody feels welcome regardless of sort of how experienced they are and you know you, you know taking taking in every every type of person that's yeah making people feel at home basically that's a
0: large part of it well that that leads me on to uh, the, the almost the splinter evening that that's come out of spoken weird do you want to tell us a bit about how uh, why spoken Queer a exists and and be the success of it so far ah oh,
1: uh, so spoken queered um it's uh that that all began in uh january of last year um, it's partially Jerry Potter's fault for making me want to, uh, making me take him to the local LGBT bar. <laughs> um, uh, we, we, we do, we at the time were sort of uh, attempting to grow our uh, LGBT scene in Halifax. Mm. Uh, but the biggest place that one could go to uh, was the Village LGBT bar. We went along there. And I did my usual thing that I do every time I go somewhere nice, which is uh, give the manager my mobile number because I thought it would be a nice place for a poetry night. Mm. Usually, my mobile number goes straight in the bin. Um, <laughs> but on this occasion, they said, oh, yeah, 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 a queer poetry night. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. We'll do that. And um, by the end of that month, we had our LGBT specific night. And I thought it was just, it was important to have that because obviously we already have a lot of lgbtq uh poets on at my regular night but i thought particularly for people that want to take part in the open mic it would be it was important to uh sort of introduce a safe uh, and inclusive space where people uh, particularly people who are new to the mic yeah. can um raise issues and talk about about feelings that they have that they don't they might not feel they could raise at uh, another poetry night you know um i always made it clear that anything people read stays within the four walls and um yeah it did actually drag in quite a few uh, new readers as well so that was that was pretty
0: brilliant i think that's the thing is it's uh, for some people i mean myself included that i remember the first time i ever did an open mic i was petrified and and especially when you're you're doing something that's so very personal I think it's. I think yeah. it's a really a really good step, and and you know, fingers crossed when we all get back out there and we can all you know start seeing each other again. Um, that uh, you know that uh, events like that can just grow and grow. Um, we, now we've got uh, we've we've got Joy Division next. Uh, it's interesting you've gone for early Manics, and then we've gone pre New Order. We've gone back to Joy Division. This it's kind of like the, the the roots of this music seem to really cool to you. Why, why, why Dead Souls?
1: Um. It's it's a it's a particular favourite, for uh, on, on a silly level because it's featured in the uh, in the film The Crow, which you have to like if you're a Goth. It's the law. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I, I find it's it's one of one of Joy Division's most sort of compelling, moving tracks, and it's also it, again um, uh, Joy Division are um, name checked uh, in the new book. Um, for uh, you know for obvious reasons because they're brilliant uh but it's a it's a track that i very much associate strongly with manchester as well it's uh yeah it's got manchester written through and through it like a stick of rock so yeah that's why i picked that one
0: absolutely brilliant this is dead souls at home in the office in the car wherever you are
1: you can listen to 104.7
0: rossendale radio Welcome back to part 3 of our interview this afternoon with Genevieve Walsh. We've spoken about all sorts of things to do with spoken word and poetry nights and uh, and your your debut uh, of uh, debut collection. Uh, but but actually for I believe it's 2021, uh, you've got uh, mm-hmm. slotted in a new collection coming.
1: I have indeed, yes. Uh, it's with the same publisher Flapjack Press. Uh, the book's called Vitriol Works and It will be out sometime in mid-March. I would love to tell you a more specific date, (laughs) but everything uh, in terms of releases of books films tv shows everything is now it has the word probably attached to it doesn't it, <laughs> it doesn't. I mean, well
0: the, so, the good news is i was having a conversation with somebody today that apparently march is the one that everyone's tagging of if we're going to start doing things again we'll do them in march so i think you're going to be uh, you're, you're you're already nailed on for march it's, it's, i'm keeping my fingers crossed this is going to be one of the first things i get to do <laughs> is go to your book launch
1: Oh, that would be nice. Well, <laughs> oh, people can't stay away from a Flapjack book launch. I mean, you know, it's full of poets and there's free wine.
0: You know, it's two of the best things ever. You know what, Give I don't mean, know about the, the free wine, but the, now the free wine's mentioned, I'm, I'm straight there. Uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, is there, a, is there a change in tone for this book? Do you feel like, I mean, it's, what, so we're talking four years between uh, your first and, and your second. Is it, uh, has, has the tone changed? Have you changed as a poet?
1: I think everybody's changed, so it
0: was, yeah um there, there's
1: uh there, there's a lot more of a specific pointed uh political um slant to it uh so i mean I, i'm a strong believer in the personal being political but um there, there are actually specific poems in there about about brexit and uh about the tories um like but it's still in a very me way so Best example probably being that there is a poem about Brexit, but it's directly linked to the fact that Rage Against the Machine had a Christmas number one <laughs> ten years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's still riddled with music. It's uh, uh, and, and parts of it are very personal, though, as well, because um, a great deal of the poems in there were written shortly after I found out that I'm pregnant. Um, so... Uh, Yeah, there's an awful lot about that. There's a fair bit about mental health in there Mm -hmm. as well. So, um, yes, it it does go to some dark places, but there is a certain amount of a certain amount of hope in there without getting too cheesy about how, you know, basically
0: we have to form our own links and communities and we we, we might get through this man <laughs> we well, yeah, just all got to stick together uh, it's I, I, I mean it's something that, that came through in in your first book is that if, even though you are and you mentioned going to dark places and you you don't hold back i think anyone who's ever seen you perform live uh, and you you know you don't you wear your opinions on your sleeve as i think to be honest any good poet should do uh, but but actually that I, I think there's there's ways of 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 being political without necessarily slamming somebody over the head with a stick. And, and I think you've managed to, to do that. I mean, I've not, I've not heard the new book and I'm hoping to, to hear something from it, uh, in, in just a little while. Uh, but do you think that's important that when you are trying to convince somebody or, or talk about politics in particular, that actually you've got to find that level that you can speak to people on?
1: Well, I mean, everybody's got, got their own way of exploring politics in poetry and, uh, Always, always exploring politics. I think are are, are completely and utterly valid, but uh, whether you decide to do it from um, an overall sort of like uh, sort of looking at one specific targeted event, or if you want it to be just a a, basically a song that you're singing from a from a council house that's about a very vague feeling that's going on, what I'd say is. When, when writing about politics, there is a lot to be said for new ones, yeah. that's for sure. Um, but there's no point uh, trying to sort of imitate anybody else's style if you're going to talk about politics. So, you know, while, while we would all absolutely love um, to be as direct as someone like Attila The Stockbroker, we can't all do that and you've just
0: got to find your own way of doing it definitely have you got something to from the from the new collection perhaps to just give us a bit of a taster as to what's to come
1: yeah let me think now um okay so uh, uh a lot of the new book is about sort of like um uh, distinctions between the generations this poem was actually written for my one person show that i brought out last year uh, place in the shade mm. um and it's basically a long-winded answer to uh, millennials, how come you're such sl- such snowflakes? <laughs> uh, uh, most people would just raise a middle finger, but I wrote a poem because that's what I do. <laughs> okay, so this is called Bloodless. Because letters were assigned to us that make no godly sense. Because where are you from is a question that brings us out in shingles. Because all we are is stark frayed edges, blue tack turning grey at the corners, fresh cardboard boxes and dashed promises. Because permanence to us is so fictional, it's hilarious. Because we're broken, meaningless chains of code. We are back to back, obvious punchlines, instant noodles and tepid sex. We are eye popping statistics that no one double checks. Because we're generation whatever next, generation you couldn't make it up. We are no smoke without fire we are misbegotten plans we're the work of idle hands and the labour of the loveless the fruitless trees now crushed by a spoons and a starbucks because we're the parents of express yourself and the children of don't make a fuss the yellow sticker damaged goods shunted round from shelf to shelf because our blessed screens they taught us how to score and pull and push too hard to down in one and tear in two and perpetuate a lie how to selfishly live and die but not how a cope with the numbness and because we're bored and we're bloodless and all this cradle to the grave is choreographed and witless postcodes and pigeonholes astral signs and borderlines x's and y's that paralyze us
0: thank you <laughs> wonderful it's, it's there's something about this I, I don't know if it is about your delivery but there's it's got a lilt to it and you suddenly we suddenly get lost and you have those moments where you trail away it's almost like I want you to think now, but then I'm coming in with something else. It's a it's a lovely way of delivery, uh, delivering a piece of work. Do Yes.
1: I had a young man at your night, you know, who was a battle rapper, informed me that I have something called cutthroat swag. I, if, you, if, you, if you're listening, Jake, I still don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so please do fill me in.
0: Answers <laughs> on a postcard to Rosendale Radio, please. Uh, cutthroat swag. <laughs> we'll, we'll define it for you. Don't you worry. Uh, it's been it's been absolutely wonderful catching up with you this afternoon um and as i say to all our guests I, I honestly wish that we had longer than half an hour at a time but we we end up having to do you know really rubbish things like the weather and the news and we have to fit them into each hour um we now we've you're, you're finishing with placebo you're, you're officially the first person to choose placebo on the show i'm almost certain you're the yes. first this will be the first time we've played placebo on the station so why describe because i remember placebo but i'm pretty certain many of our listeners will not Uh, how would you describe them
1: (laughs) oh um they are um they are um a a, a moody sort of goth punk band for the Britpop generation who were just that little bit too queer to go to oasis gigs <laughs> <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs> i'd say that's, um, that's yes, uh, so i can't believe you've never played them on the station before enjoy it everybody
0: uh, yes i was gonna say I'll, i mean i'll follow up with nancy boy next week but this this week uh, we're, we're gonna go with without you i'm nothing uh genevieve walsh thank you very much best of luck with everything uh, and we'll speak to you very thank soon you. thank you very much Rossendale Radio and there we go another week and another Waffle the Bite Size podcast comes to an end and I want to say a massive thank you as ever to uh, my guest Genevieve Walsh uh, it was really lovely to catch up with her find out what she's working on at the moment uh, and uh, and to talk through some of her previous work and some of her stage experience and some of the experience she's got of running uh, open mic nights uh, across Halifax um, it's brilliant to talk to her and best of luck Jen uh, with everything that is coming in the future I'm sure you will handle it with aplomb as ever uh, I want to say a big thank you to everybody at Rossendale Radio for allowing us to broadcast each Sunday and, of course, to Melanie Kemp for all her work editing Waffle the Bite Size podcast. We will be back next week with another great guest.